Get your day started with a breakfast full of positive music, fun, inspiration and so much more. Rise and shine with Felon DJ. Weekday mornings on Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention to one of those elements we all ought to be concerned about when we're members of a local church. In most cases, we see ourselves in cooperation with the vision that's cast by the pastor, the priest or the leader. And when you dig a little deeper, you discover that there are a lot of leaders over the years who've sought to identify what makes the local church grow. In fact, in every church setting, the church is either growing or it's declining or, as some use the word, they've plateaued. So let's come around some basic issues that ensure a growth trajectory. Dr. Andrew Corbett pastors Legana Christian Church in northern Tasmania. He's the author of several books and is the national president of ICI Theological College Australia, a theological distance education provider. Andrew, a special welcome along to 2020. Oh, thank you very much, Neil. Andrew, sometimes I imagine it's a little confusing. We think of growing the local church and want to align that with rocket science, but really it's it's not really rocket science. There's some simple things, I imagine, that are foundations. What are your thoughts on complications? Well, yeah, absolutely, and well put. Uh, as someone said it's not rocket surgery either, which kind of confuses <laughs> it even more, yes. that there are some things that we have to, I think, look at not doing and there are some things that we should at least do in order for the church to have a the possibility of growing i where i am here i started uh, i'm coming up to my 24th anniversary as the pastor of this church came to this church when it was 17 members and now we have several hundred people in our church but but our heart is to grow and to do that it's one of those things where we have to make sure we are doing the, what we might consider to be the essentials, the basic things. So when it comes to some of the things that pastors do, such as preach the word and lead the church in prayer, I'm, I'm assuming that many pastors are doing that and still perhaps finding it frustrating that things aren't happening. And this is where uh, we, we now talk in our church about the win concept. Okay, let's explore that a little bit because this is a concept that is about welcoming, inviting and nudging. Win, W-I-N. What do you do when you enlarge on the first one about welcoming yeah. people? <laughs> yeah, it's look, one of the things in, in using the acronym WIN is many people are put off by the concept of soul winning or personal evangelism, it just becomes rather intimidating. It, it sounds like we're trying to sell something to someone. But if you, if you boil it down to that, the, the fact that we, we do want to see people come to know Christ, we want to see our churches grow, and one of the things I think the pastor has to do is not intimidate people by the, by the mission of the church, but actually... I use the expression, throw the ball so people can catch it. And every father should know that with their, with their young son, if they've ever been out there with a football or a cricket ball or a tennis ball or whatever, you start off teaching your son to catch the ball by 
by making it really, really easy. Throw the ball so they can catch it. So when we talk about W, uh, I think of the, 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 the statement that Jesus made is the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. Where I am, Neil, I'm, in the, I'm literally right in the middle of apple-growing territory. There's 600 acres of apple orchard around me. And so when we think of harvest, we think of a certain time and we, we think of a fruit on the tree that's ready to be picked. And so if I, I use that analogy with our church that there is some fruit that is low-hanging. It's easy. It's just right there. It's just right there. You don't even have to stretch for it. It's right there. I use that picture to describe the people who come into our church for one reason or another. These are people that might respond to an advertisement. They might respond to something they've seen probably these days more likely on the internet. 80% of people will check out a church's website before they check out the actual church. So the first thing we've got to do, this we call this our low-hanging fruit. We call this the W in the, the win concept, and that is welcome people. Just simply welcome them. One of the things that we, we talk about is, is don't smother people and, and conversely, don't ignore them either. Acknowledge people. And in welcoming people, one of the coaching things as the pastor of this church, I, I'll say to people, is don't, don't go up to someone you haven't met before and say, as you and I have probably had this happen when we visited churches, Neil, or maybe in, even our own church, when someone comes up and says, uh, is this your first time here? That can be dangerous for a pastor to say, by the way, especially when the response is a scowl on the face and, no, I've been coming here every week for the last five months. And you're the first person who's come to talk to me. <laughs> yes. So get the welcome right. Uh, love those thoughts of what you do do and then what you don't do. Don't intimidate the people. Don't ignore them. Don't smother them. And uh, great insights there. So if you're looking for an acronym here that uh, will give you a simple way of getting that growth trajectory happening, so you're welcoming people. And out of the WIN program, what's the I stand for? It's uh, all about inviting. Yeah, it is. And, and so this is, this is the fruit you've got to reach up for. This is the fruit that's not the low-hanging fruit. You've got to reach up for it. So the thing I say to people, you know, I'll, I'll say to the church, can, can we all just simply welcome people to church? You don't have to have a particular gift. You don't have to have any particular skills apart from some of the little things that I've, I've mentioned. And it's, it's simply, hello, nice to see you here. Uh, and one of the things I would say is rather than saying, is this your first time here? I'd say, have we met before? Because in a church our size, it, it is possible that you, you may not connect with everyone. In a church that's perhaps a more you know, family size, it, you, you, you probably will recognise them or they'll recognise you. But the I in win becomes invite. And so what I say is every one of us, I think, can be involved in welcoming. But there will be some of us who have connections with people who God brings across our path. Maybe they're already in our path. Maybe they're friends. Maybe they're families. Maybe they're work colleagues. Maybe they're schoolmates. And they may say they may share something, say something that causes you to have a conversation with them. And in that moment, it becomes appropriate for you to say, you know, I think I found 
the very thing you're looking for. I'd, I'd really like to invite you to come to church with you this Sunday. Now, the, the statistically, Neil, it's something in the order of 70-plus percent of people who receive a personal invitation from someone they trust will actually say, okay, I'll come. So that invitation, I, I realistically, as pastor of the church, I, I expect that I'm not going to get 100% of the church weekly inviting people, but I'm going to get some. And just to let them know, this is, this is what I'm, I want them to be on the lookout for. Invite people. Now, of course, as they invite people and people come and we get uh, dozens of people each Sunday who are in our church for the first time, that I want the church to, to do the W. Welcome them. Acknowledge that. So that's the I in the WIN acronym. Okay, waiting for the appropriate moment to make an invitation and when it's coming from a place of trust, when people know you and they know you're authentic, as you say, the statistics would show that 70% of the time they'll say yes. Well, let's get to the N in this WIN program. N is for nudge and uh, nudging the agnostic. Uh, Give us a little explanation what you mean by that, Andrew. So there, there are going to be some people who we, we know who will, if they haven't already said it, you just know they're going to say, don't you dare talk to me about God. Don't you dare put your religion on me. Don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm not interested. I, I'm just not interested. And we've all met people like that who you know, they're, not going, they're, they're probably in that 30% category that are most likely going to say, there is no way. I'm never going to go to church, you know, and you hear Aussies talk about, if I ever go to church, the walls will fall down or the roof will cave in on me or something funny like that. But there are some people who, who are in that category that we just recognize, okay, they're not ready. The, the harvest is, is not got them in it just yet. But this is what we can do. We can, the, the parable of the sower, it says that the, the seed that went into good soil was the soil that didn't have the rocks, didn't have the thorns. So the nudging becomes a part of removing some rocks, removing some of the obstacles. That includes the way we live. It includes letting them see the, way, the difference between how a Christian handles trouble, pressure, stress, disaster, tragedy. Those things actually, what I call, nudge someone. They actually... Uh, here's the other term. When we talk about nudging, I use this expression, Neil, put a stone in their shoe. Put a stone in their shoe. It's just a little stone, a little pebble. You know, we've all had that little stone in our shoe, literally at some point, and it's annoying. Well, I want, I want us to be able to put a stone in someone's shoe, annoy them in a good way with a, with a good thing. And the good thing is, how come... Your world's not falling apart, and yet all this is going on in your life. That's the first thing. The other thing could be that Jesus asked a lot of questions to his opponents, a lot of questions. And and a question mark in English has the same shape as a hook. Well, I'm using, I'm suggesting, let's use questions to get people thinking, put a stone in their shoe, and put a little hook in them, as a, like, kind of like a lure. And the questions could, could simply be something along the lines of this. 
Look, I've been meaning to ask you, because as a Christian, I've, I've kind of got this figured out that I believe the universe and all the world was created by God. I've got that figured out. I'm just curious, how do you think life began if there's no God? And, and just, just that question uh, can, be a, can be a nudging thing. And, and I, I suggest a question like that, and then just, you know, let them, you don't have to answer now, just, just have a think about it and get back to me when you can. Oh, now, uh, pass the salt, you know, is, just make it a casual thing, not an intimidating moment. Don't want to put anyone on the spot, don't want to publicly humiliate anyone. It's kind of one of those friendship things where you've got that relationship with them and you can put a stone in their shoe and, and that becomes a nudge. It, it nudges people to think, well, actually, how did everything come into existence? It surely couldn't have come into existence by itself because there was nothing there. So those kind of things, Neil, become what I call a nudge. And it's the question that encourages the person you're talking to to think about God and to think about God on a level they might never have really considered uh, instead of just going along with the party line. Because there is a sense, isn't there, Andrew, that uh, there are some people who are atheists, but really very few, because it takes an awful lot of faith to be an atheist and say there is no God. Most people fit into the category of being agnostic or at least acknowledging that they don't really know if there is a God. So when you sow that seed, when you ask that question, you're actually putting out the hook that says, come and believe in God. Well, what a wonderful acrostic to think about, the WIN principle, welcoming those who come to your church, W, I for inviting new people, and N for nudging the agnostic. Now, let me just say, Andrew, you've written a whole bunch of books. People can access those when they go onto your website, andrewcorbett.net. That's andrewcorbett.net. Andrew, you're also the national president of ICI Theological College Australia, a theological distance education provider. No doubt there's a link there on your webpage. And, uh, of course, uh, pastor of the Lagana Christian Church in northern Tasmania. Andrew Corbett, thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.